Hey guys, welcome to Overvolted. I am your host, Kirk Johnson. We have Matthew and Aurelian with us. Say hi. Hey. Hey guys. So we have some interesting topics today. You, hopefully everyone has gotten a chance to see the Zen 3 leak video that Adore just put out. We have some additional leak information we'll talk about at the end. And you know, we're going to talk a little bit about something called Matisse 2. So let's go ahead and, well, we forgot. We're also going to talk about the new laptop line that came out. Yeah. One more thing. Uh, Jim was supposed to be here. We don't know where he is. Hopefully uh, he'll come in at the end. We, we've we spent like an hour waiting for him. We we can't wait any longer. We got to get this done. Uh, let's, let's start with Zen 3 since we already, just in case you missed it, uh, Jim got some info on Zen 3. Most of it was stuff we already knew. So it was nice to get, well, not new, but stuff that was leaked before because it's nice to have a little bit of a confirmation. We were all pretty confident that this leak stuff was true because people like red gaming tech had leaked this before i think red gaming tech has been the main leaker this time around for zen 3 at least so far basically we have eight core 60x confirmed from uh the uh amd leaked slide or leaked presentation smt2 confirmed no smt4 that's what amd leaked by the by accident higher boost clocks to be expected but we also have, interestingly, the L3 cache size is going to be remaining the same at 32 megabytes per die. So, so the the per CCX cache is doubled from 16 to 32 megabytes. But because there's only one CCX per die instead of two, the total L3 remains the same. There is no 48 or 64 megabyte L3 cache. That was something hinted at by people like uh, Red Gaming Tech, but we disagree. We don't think there will be uh, more cache. Uh, what else? There's going to be more cache latency, but because the CCX is now eight cores instead of four, overall latency should be down, at least in the multi-threaded workload. That's about it when it comes to the arc itself. Milan is uh, out right now. The A0 stepping is. We don't know when it first came out, but we do know that it is being tested right now. And B0 stepping should come out around September. It was apparently delayed. And that is about it. Zen 3. It looks like then that we would not probably get uh, anything on the market for the desktop based on this architecture this year. Uh, potentially. And the thing being, as it is, I don't think there is any for that. So If we do see anything, it's going to be very late in the year, as they've been stating all along. But with the uh, current worldwide issue, it's definitely going to potentially have an impact maybe a few weeks of time slippage, which could put it right into early January instead of November or December timeframe, which they may have been shooting for originally. I'm a little bit worried for AMD with this thing that goes with the human malware, because as far as I understood, they're, the chips, the way they are designed, and the, the fact that they use the IO chip made by one fab and then the SMC, the other ones, they probably rely a lot more on uh, moving the pieces around the world. Well, they're both centered in Taiwan. No, no. Is Global Foundries in Taiwan? In it in the States. Well, it, it's AMD's old found fabs and stuff. I think they have them... Um, don't they have one in Malaysia? And they have one in Oh, Denver? yeah. I did forget about the Malaysia one. I think they have them in several countries. It might be hit. If things go bad, worse than now, they might be a bit uh, affected. I don't know. I mean, as a risk, it's there. Yeah, if anything, they're going to be running out of IO dies rather than uh, 7 nanometer uh, chips. 
Yeah, yeah, on the IO die. And there's not enough time to put IO dies on a seven nanometer. So in that sense, the way the way Intel has its own products based on the same. I mean, they have their own fabs and all that. They might be able to weather this easier. If things don't go, don't recover, I see a bit more risk for AMD. Not a huge thing, but but it might cause them some delay. Or even if it doesn't cause them delays, it might be more difficult to roll out big numbers out the market. Yeah, I don't know about delays. They're not in production yet, so uh, hopefully it doesn't matter. Well, we have gotten signals from TSMC and such that they are not suffering any delays due to the human malware or anything like that, and everything is going to go out the door right on time. If there are any delays, it's going to be logistically. Yeah, or down to Global Foundries if they're hit. Uh, and we also got some Zen 4 info. Very small. The two big things are that the L2 cache is now one megabyte. And it will support AVX 5.12. So, so that basically means Zen 3 confirmed not for AVX 5.12. Yeah, but so few things are actually using it or demanding it that it's not yeah. that big of a deal anyway. It's not that big of a deal. For me personally, the fact that there was no no rumor of new socket for Zen 3 actually, it's good. Because it shows yeah. that the original promise AMD had that they are going to carry this socket until 2020. 2020 really stands because they it, it is 2020, so... Zen 3 seems to be having the same M4 socket. Well, and that's kind of an exciting thing about Zen 4. We can guess at that point, since it's a new socket, that there's going to be probably a different bit of power delivery to it, but also DDR5, yeah, PCIe 5 potentially, and that it might potentially have a higher core count per CCX. Uh, I don't know about that. I think they'll keep the CCX the same. You think it's only going to stay at 8? Yeah. I mean, for the time being, I think... I don't think they want to redesign the CCX every single generation. I think maybe every two generations would be nice. Or they could just add more chiplets. Well, if they're sticking with eight, then they're going to have to stick four chiplets onto a mainstream CPU to get more than 16 cores. Yeah. And we do know that AMD has been wanting to push more core count, which I guess they could do with SMT4. SMT4 wouldn't be the same as like adding more cores. It wouldn't be nearly the same. No. But I think given 5 nanometers increased density, they could do more chiplets rather than uh, enlarging the CCX again and doing less chiplets. But just tossing one more core per side for a total of 10 would actually be an easy low-hanging fruit. Do we know anything about the Infinity Fabric? Will there be any changes in Zen 4? Yes, probably. If they bring their Infinity architecture down. Yeah, because that's what they showed on the uh, the Financial Analyst Day. So I imagine they're going to continue working on that. I mean, Infinity architecture basically looks like PCIe 5 repurposed to me. They were showing it off in regards to connecting 8 GPUs to a Epic-level CPU, so... This leak is kind of um uh, not not a whole lot new here. It's nice to get confirmation, but unfortunately not a whole lot new to talk about here. I, the, the biggest news is that, or the biggest rumor, I guess, is that the L3 cache is going to be remaining the same and that the IPC bump is not that large for a single thread. Although that's different for multi-threading because they got rid of the four-core CCX. So multi-thread IPC could be like 20%, who knows? Anyways, should we move on to Renmar? Yep. All right, so Renmar is out now. It's really good as you can see by if you've seen any of the reviews you know that like specifically the g14 is very good like, like just look at the performance and the power consumption it, it's uh 
it's really impressive. I didn't think it'd be nearly this good. We we talked about this uh, before we started recording in the Linus Tech Tips review, where they had to get the uh, the Acer Helio 700 to get like a fair comparison between Intel and uh, AMD. Fair in terms of performance. And even then, the 4900HS was uh, what could still beat the uh, 9988HK with 120 watt power limit in several, if not most of the benchmarks that they used. And we have the TechSpot review on here, and that has the 9980H at the 90 watt power limit. And it's just, it's just embarrassing in a lot of these benchmarks, like how far ahead or how close the 4900H is to the 9980H. The only thing that the Intel chip even starts to pull ahead in is this antiquated Photoshop benchmark. It pulls ahead in a few of these Adobe benchmarks, but this thing, this Intel CPU is drawing two to three times more power than this AMD APU. And it, it, it needs to be a lot faster than this. And it's not. It's it's way too slow for this power consumption to make any sense. Basically, it's a lap warmer laptop. Yeah. <laughs> but scroll... I also want to talk about, like, the, the boosting that they do for the 4900HS. And as you can see, uh, AMD is sort of doing something similar to what Intel does. Not quite the same, but it's similar, where they have, like, power limits... If you don't know, Intel has like PL1, PL2, PL3. These are like power limits so that they can adjust the boost on the fly. But the thing is with Intel's, it's based on like time or if like the CPU is literally cooking itself to death. Uh, with AMD, it seems they continue to use the boost that they have for Zen 2. But what they're doing is that they're adjusting the power target on the fly. So you can see at the very beginning, it has like a 65 watt power limit and it'll boost to 4 gigahertz. And then for uh, a little while, it'll go down to like 55 watts. It looks like about 55. Yeah. And that'll and that'll be sustained for a little while. And then it'll gradually ease into a 35 watt limit, which is nice. Is this under heavy load? 100% load? Yes. I don't know. What load is this? Let's see. This is Handbrake AVX. Oh, okay. So, so that's pretty intensive. Yeah. But I really like how it eases into 35. It, with Intel, it would just drop you would see like it was just a, it would just drop yeah like it drops at the very beginning from 65 to 55 but that's because it's useful for like those uh very brief workloads and intel's good at the very brief boosting but not not like this for me it's interesting to see the smoothness of the of curve or the yeah it's probably a stability metric like if you've ever done under volting and things like that you don't just drop from 1.3 down to 1.0 it it'll cause your cpu to crash in some cases i don't think it's about stability i mean i don't know if intel intel might gradually drop the voltage after the clock speed drops but this is definitely something that they've worked on it's both clock speed and voltage mm -hmm. and, and also look at the clock speed the clock speed is very high even when it drops the power the the clock speed at like at the 55 watt limit is like 3.6 3.7 and it actually gains a little bit towards the end of the middle part of the boost and then once it gets down to that 35 watt limit that's at like 3.2 3.3 like that's the it, it lost like 300 400 megahertz from losing 20 watts that's a lot that's impressive yeah makes you wonder if there's a switch that allows you to just run in that low power mode all the time 
I think, Should well, be. the G14 in particular has, like, power profiles and stuff. They have the silence mode, which I imagine is this 35-watt limit. So, oh, and by the way, I did order a G14. <laughs> I, I ordered it within, like, an hour of the pre-orders going up. Does that mean we can expect a review? Yeah, I'll compare it to my KP Lake G laptop. Probably more of a user experience review, since yeah. obviously we've already got plenty of benchmark reviews out there. Yeah, Th- this will be more like comparing it to something, the the, the high end from 2018 uh, versus the high end in 2020. Here's the thing. My KB Lake G laptop, its CPU TDP is 45 to 55 watts. That's already higher than Renoir, and it has half the cores. And also, you can throw in the uh, crappy Vega M GPU, and that's like 25, 30 watts. I'm not sure what the 2060 consumes. It's going to be a lot more than that. But I think overall, uh, I'll find power usage is very similar. But the the G14 will be uh, by by far ahead. What are you using your laptop for usually? Well, I would use it for I would like to use it for gaming, but it's really bad at that. Like the Vega M GPU is just bad. And one other problem is that the the system will it has so many limits when when you're starting to like really do something intensive. It has a power limit. It has a current limit because I imagine the VRMs aren't very good. And it also has a uh, a thermal limit. Like Google, uh, hang on, I can pull that this up on my end. But the the Spectre uh, X360 with the KB Lake G uh, package, it's heatsink is tiny just look at that you can see how small this uh heatsink is it's basically the heatsink and the hp envy with the 2500u just doubled up yeah there are two heat pipes and i think the the fins is like maybe like a centimeter deep at most like it's just a tiny heatsink and when you combine the cpu and the gpu that's a package heat and power consumption of about 60 to 70 watts and now this isn't a gaming laptop of course i'm comparing a gaming laptop to a non-gaming laptop but what you have to consider is that the g14 might get better battery life than the spectre x360 i have uh and it it's probably about the same thickness too so it's just impressive what amd and asus have done like this laptop is it has so few compromises i've i read a lot of laptop reviews i don't recall any laptop with so few compromises as this the thing that really makes this laptop look interesting to me is from a business point of view where i'm looking at it as a potential business laptop to start buying um hopefully this will come out in more of the regular dell hp lenovo kind of hardware but until then, I can full well see like the 1660 GeForce version of this being something that we could get people in our org just so that they have something that lasts an entire day as they're going from meeting to meeting without having to plug it in at their dock. There's a uh, it starts at a thousand dollars with exactly. the uh, 1650 and the uh, 60 hertz display, so I imagine it'll have even more battery life there. But then again, I don't think businesses want gaming laptops. Yeah, and I, I don't think so either. That's why I'm saying if they come out with a version without a GPU yeah. built into it and just leave the onboard, I think that would make a wonderful uh, corporate laptop, something that they could get even more uptime out of. Yeah, we have not seen like the 4800U at, or there and the 4900U. There was a leak for the 4900U, uh, so, so we know that it definitely, definitely exists. We, we knew that Lenovo talked about it, 
and uh, we didn't hear much from it after that, but we did see a 4900U benchmark recently. Uh, I don't think it, it imparted that much information. Anyways, uh, so Renoir is good. It's very fast. Do we want to talk about the um, the new Matisse CPU? Yeah, we do have a, a, a source that leaked to Jim that on July 2nd, AMD will be announcing a new CPU called Matisse 2, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, Jim isn't here to talk about this, but I did talk to Jim about this when he first got this. So I said that it would either be like a 3600 or 3600X refresh with like higher clocks and maybe less power consumption, like good for overclocking, or it's going to be like a, a 3950X refresh, like a 3955X. Well, isn't Matisse the code name they use for the high-end desktop Threadrippers? No, no. Threadripper is Castle Peak, I believe. Yeah, that's right. They use the Peak. Yeah. Matisse is a desktop. Just uh, the desktop CPU. Yeah, just desktop. So, I don't know what to make of this. Maybe something on the low end? It's either low end or high end. There's no point in doing it in like the middle. But me and Jim thought it would be funny if it would be a 5 gigahertz 3950X. Even if just in name, like Intel? No, no, because you remember the, the leaky hat said it'd be 5 gigahertz. Oh, yeah. And that'd be funny because cause then it wouldn't, it would look a little bit better. It would just be a year off. I don't know. I think I the way Intel, I'm sorry, the way AMD defines their boost, they could probably get 5 gigahertz, like on a single core. It took Gamers Nexus like 1.4 volts for a 5 gigahertz all core overclock on a 3950X. I think they could probably, given that they do like 1.45 volts for a single core, I think they could probably do a 5 gigahertz boost. They just need more binning. And that could very well be what the uh, delay could give them. I don't think that there's anything in the high end like that that they'll be releasing. I think it's going to be something to fill a gap. Maybe a 16 core high end desktop chip or perhaps oh. something on the low end that's going to be like a 4 8 core chip. The thing is, on, on Threadripper, it does have to be the Castle Peak architecture. Cause, well, architecture, I mean, in terms of, like, the package. Because it has to use the Threadripper IO die. Yeah, because they're not coming out with a new chipset for it. That is something that was mentioned. Yeah, no new chipset. Unless it's accompanying, unless it's being launched alongside B550, which is not a new chipset. See, well, the only way they'd be able to come out with a 16 would be if they had either just two die on Threadripper or if they did four die with four cores per die, which would give more L3 cache, of course, similar to what we saw with their Epic CPUs, and that could have some benefit. It's not really worth it to launch a 16-core Threadripper because it has that massive I.O. die. It'd be too expensive. It would definitely have the price up there, but it would give them something to cushion right between the 16-core desktop chip and the 24-core Threadripper, though. There is a, a price point there. Is there a big gap there? There's a gap, yeah. But I think it would make people hate AMD for launching a product that's probably going to have no supply to it. Yeah, I could see it, though, as a, an entry point for someone that wants, say, the 256 gig of RAM for the 16-core, but not actually need the full compute performance of, say, 24 or 32 cores, but needs the L3 cache that the 4 die would give them. I mean, all, all the things you're saying are interesting. For me, at least, I think at least that it might also be that what if they go for the uh, improvements for the 3700 and 3800 just on the boost boost clocks so that they approach more on the... And they don't touch the 
the 39 series, 3900 series? I think the 37X and the 3800X are too poorly, sell too poorly to really matter. I don't think they're going to refresh those. Okay. Well, and I don't think there's much to push them in. What are we going to get? Another 100 megahertz? Woo, right? They could do more. They, they could do as much as the 3950X. It just wouldn't matter. It wouldn't make any sense because they can't sell it for more than like the 3900X. But they can sell the they can sell a refresh 3950X for more. They could do that, and that's why I really like the idea of a five gigahertz 3950X. Also because it's a meme. Well, I'd really like to see something along the lines of Horizon 3 come out. Something that you can get a sub one hundred dollar entry point into the platform. You can buy a a A or B series four or five hundred chipset that you get this cheap low barrier to entry desktop something that's more modern and performant i don't like that idea because i feel like it's too cheap for amd i don't think amd has a reason to sell a zen 2 cpu for so low with such poor uh specs you mean they don't want their name dragged through the mud by walmart making a bunch of these with a single dim <laughs> yeah but i'm just saying i i'm thinking like what could a quad core zen 2 do that a a, a quad core zen plus or six core zen plus couldn't mm. It's in AMD's best interest to push higher clock, uh, core speeds, I mean, uh, higher core counts. There, there's no point in launching a quad core. Just the fact that we can't guess, I think, makes this thing interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. it's something to look forward to June. I mean, we could just be surprised that it's a whole refresh. I don't know. Or it could be total bollocks. <laughs> yeah, it could just be fake. Jim Jim says it, it's from a good source, and it is from a good source, but uh, eh, who knows? I mean, they're saying a CPU, so it's not like yeah, multiples. That, that is, it's that, not a refresh yes. for the whole lineup. It's none of that. Right. Yes, it is specifically a CPU. Jim is not uh, flubbing that. Yeah. That It is specifically a CPU. And it's Matisse 2, which tells us it's desktop, so it's not yeah. a laptop. It's not a server. It's none of that. And that's why I'm saying the only place to stick it is going to be really on the low end, something below a 3600. No, I disagree. Or it's going to be slotted up in the top end where it slides in between the 16-core desktop and the 24-core Threadripper. I don't think there's any point in them. I don't think AMD would ever launch a quad-core Zen 2. I think it is. it would be low end, potentially, but it would be like a 3600, 3600X replacement refresh where it's cheaper and also perhaps slightly faster anyways that's about that uh i wish jim was here to talk about this he might have given us more information to work with i know right i'm sure he has its own theories maybe we'll hear about it next week maybe he could add something in post who knows anyways we have an exclusive that will come out the day that this podcast comes out thunder bay soc and some 10 nanometer xeon stuff this is kind of boring, to be honest. I think a lot of people are going to be bored with this. But we we got this info. We're going to use it. Anyways, Thunder Bay is a uh, Movidius processor with uh, Xeon cores. If you don't know what Movidius is, it's Intel's deep learning stuff. I- Intel, this is one of the Intel uh, purchases from like 2017, 2018. Yeah, Movidius and... is well known for, or should I say well known in circles, for vision and imaging processing yes and of course ai and then uh we got the movidius uh, the movidius cores are on the seven nanometer tsmc process 
Movidius was already on 16 nanometer TSMC, so this isn't surprising. And we don't know what the Xeon cores are on. Uh, I think it's 10 nanometers, but it could be 14 or 7. Uh, it's hard to tell because this is like in its uh, first stepping, I guess, A0. I don't know if they would call it A0, but it is something equivalent to that. And it's probably, well, if it's using uh, Xeon cores that aren't on 7 nanometer TSNC, it would be a multi-die configuration, perhaps even chiplets. We know it's a system on a chip, so it may not even be yeah. that many cores of Xeon to begin with. So this could be yeah, something knows? for like vehicles, something low power, low size, is, so it can be strapped into camera systems or who knows what. I mean, theoretically, the Xeon cores could also be on the 7 nanometer TSMC. I just find that highly, highly unlikely. Yeah, I don't think so. It'll probably come out of their own fabs. And 10 nanometer would be just fine to churn out a six-core Xeon chip. So the Thunder Bay thing, this is the uh, first time it's ever been mentioned in relation to Movidius and uh, Intel Xeon. I think I, I Googled it just to make sure that we were the first. And uh, I think there was something about Intel and Thunder Bay that's totally different. I think I think this is the first time. Okay, so and then we also have some 10 nanometer Xeon specs. We got Ice Lake SP on Whitley. And we got Sapphire Rapids on Eagle Stream. Those names we know all about. A lot of these specs have been rumored and we are confirming them. Uh, I haven't been keeping up with exactly what's going on with Ice Lake SP and Sapphire Rapids. But this is the leaked info, info we got. I know Jim previously said it would be up to 38 cores for Ice Lake SP. And we're still sticking with that. And we're also saying that's going to have 64 PCIe Gen 4 lanes. And then Sapphire Rapids is going to have 8-channel DDR5 support with 80 PCIe 5 lanes. CXL, which is uh, there is Intel's interconnect technology. Th there was like some kind of whole thing with like C CXL and CCIX or something, I, I believe, which is the more open source version. And then there's going to be support for HBM2 that's optional. But then there's also apparently in a single socket, it can have even more PCIe 5 lanes at 112. So maybe that's a dual die part? Well, the 112 lanes comes from the lanes that were being used to do the interconnect between the two sockets. Yeah, uh, that, that, that could be what it's uh, implying. I believe we already knew it had DDR5 and PCIe 5. I think semi-accurate leaked that. I don't know if he leaked how many uh, lanes there would be. I definitely don't think he leaked HBM2 support, which I find very interesting. Uh, th this might... We did get a, a Sapphire Rapids leak, like, in October. We were told it would basically be, like, a showpiece. That it wouldn't be manufactured in a significant capacity. And I imagine this is why it has so, so much uh, modern features. Because it's not going to be very plentiful in supply. Or price competitive, probably. Yeah, it'll probably be a Cascade Lake AP thing again. Especially if it's a, a dual die design. If they're coming out with HBM2 support, I see this as something that might be very niche. Aurora, we know it has Intel CPUs and Intel GPUs. Maybe Aurora will use Sapphire Rapids. Yeah, that could make sense. That might be confirmed already. I don't know. I don't I don't keep on top of this uh, data center stuff. Semi-accurate probably has a bunch of info on this. I know they talk about uh, Sapphire Rapids and probably Aurora. I'm not sure. But after Sapphire Rapids, I believe it's Granite Rapids and then Diamond Rapids. And I think we only have names for those. I don't think we know anything about that, really. Yeah, anything we talk about would be speculation after that. Yeah, but the important point is that we were first to a Movidius SoC.
God, wouldn't it be funny if it got canceled? We'll see. Time will tell. That would be funny and sad. I don't think it would be canceled because because uh, it's on a good process, at least. At least the Mobidius part. But Intel did Intel canceled Nirvana immediately after launching it, didn't they? At CES, they announced like their Nirvana AI stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like a week later, they said Nirvana's closing. Something like that. Because they have another company they bought called Hibana. Yeah. Something like that. Anyways. God, if they if they cancel Movidius, this is gonna be really sad. Well, when you're uh, facing issues with competitors actually competing and such, then you don't have enough slush funds for all these pet projects. I don't know if it's about that. I just think they bought two AI companies and they're like, "What are we gonna do with this other one?" Yeah, that is true. Yeah, because they're because Hibana and Nirvana were both like focusing on the same thing, weren't they? I mean, they're both AI. I mean, there's lots of different types of AI. I just find that funny. Intel's almost becoming as bad as Google when it comes to this stuff. 16 companies that all do the same thing. And they buy them all, and then they're like, let's cancel them. That way our solution becomes the number one. Yeah, I guess they're just buying them to get rid of them. Well, if you don't want the competition in the marketplace, or if there's not enough pie to go around. Okay, I guess that is it for our main topics. Yeah, we can move on to the Q&A. Yeah, which is something we've introduced. Uh, we did a Q&A live stream because there was no podcast last week. Because we yeah. didn't have anything to talk about, really. Go check that out on our website YouTube channel. We're actually going to be adding some content to there here in a little bit, too. I just finished yeah. piecing together a video. So we'll have some more content on there. And hopefully more as time progresses, have some video content to put up with our reviews, primarily. Yeah, so... So let's not uh, re-answer questions that we already answered last time. Correct. We have some in here that we wanted Adore to answer for you guys since we already provided one. But we can fall back to Aurelian answering at least one or two of these for himself since we've already provided our answer in that other uh, live stream. Let, let's see if there's any... Because most of these questions are really good to have for like discussion. But we've mm-hmm. already discussed them. Uh, oh, oh, Aurelian, which console, uh, PS5 or Xbox One X, or sorry, Xbox Series X, do you think is going to be better overall? At least in terms of sales. In sales? Yes. Or if you don't care about the sales, just think, just talk about which one you think is going to be better generally. Well, I think PlayStation has a better brand image than Xbox. Or worldwide, I mean. Of course, there are markets and markets. But I also have to say that I do want to give kudos to Microsoft to at least on spec. Xbox X looks good. Not that the PS5 necessarily looks bad. Not, I'm not saying that. So it's hard to say. But I do think that as a brand uh, on the on the console on console side, Xbox uh, PlayStation still has um, a bit of an edge. So I would say that maybe PlayStation will still be ahead, but it will be very tight, I think. And depends on the prices and that I have no idea how they'll play. If Microsoft plays good at the prices, then they might be a really tough competitor to, to Sony. I feel like Microsoft is going to have a hard time cheaping this, uh, pricing this cheaper, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but Sony does have like a really good SSD, and that is that's also going to be an expensive SSD. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Could be closer than in price than we expect. Let's see. Well, I, th- I think only the exclusives are really going to be able to take advantage of that because they're going to be writing stuff to run on both platforms for anyone that's not an exclusive. And so they're not going to be able to take advantage of the SSD in the same way. Yeah. 
On the flip side, they're not going to be able to throw in a whole lot of visual because the Xbox can handle it and the PlayStation can't. And so they're going to have to either make kind of a stratification there between the two systems, higher res textures on one versus the other. I don't know, but there's going to be some trade-offs that they're going to have to do between the two systems for sure. Yeah. Okay. So this is also about the consoles. Uh, from where one of our Discord moderators, Nick. So, we know that new consoles will have performance similar to 2080 or 2080 Super. Let's consider that consoles will cost about $500 and 2080 Super costs about $700. How much would be a reasonable price for Navi 2 GPU uh, or RDNA 2 with next-gen console-like performance? It won't make any sense for the price to be anywhere near $500. Even $400 would feel like a ripoff since you will be better off with a console. So basically his argument is that what's a reasonable price? Also, $500 would be really expensive because a similar GPU is in a $500 console. Well, I think this is playing on the assumption that the consoles will be five to 600 I guess. And I think that's true. It think is true. very likely it's going to be close to that. So It's either four to 500 or five to 600 It's going to be right in that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... So for 52 compute unit GPU, or 56, since the Xbox Series X die has a physical 56, it's just that 4 disabled, uh, $500? I mean, if it's $500, then that's a significant blow to uh, the 2080 and 2080 Super. Yeah, I think Nick takes the... I mean, he has a point there, that the consoles become very, very enticing if, if the, it will be like 500 or something. But the competitor of the of the discrete card is not the console. You, you probably don't you don't compete those with the consoles. You 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 competed with 2080 2080s. I think what he's talking about is that since they can afford to sell it on the console, they can afford to sell it for even cheaper if it's just by itself. But it should be noted that GPUs have its own. They have their own memory. They have their own PCB. They have their own cooler. What what they're really shaving off is though are those Zen 2 cores and like the the whole construct of of the console and like the storage uh and you also have to consider that like microsoft and sony can afford to sell these consoles at a loss amd can't sell the gpus at a loss i don't think it would be bad if we saw like a 600 dollars or 500 dollars gpu with the same specs yeah and both sony and microsoft i mean they might sell the console itself as a lot at a loss but we have to know we have to realize that they have other income streams so i mean they are making money through various subscriptions and various plans so yes they are gonna sell the consoles or are gonna place the consoles maybe below the cost but they are gonna make that money in some other ways and amd won't see any penny of that other income stream yeah and i think the hidden question in this is you know, will we start seeing more people drop out of the pc gaming market and pick up the console gaming market because they can get a similar performance at a cheaper price that is a very good question and it might be that we are going there i mean we've seen it with the streaming of games that's already trying to do the same kind of thing i think we might see an uptake of console gamers over people buying pcs to game yeah and you have to realize that the pc pc itself is being squeezed from the other end because they also have there's these laptops that we just discussed above yeah yeah but people will game on the laptops too true true so as a market the pc as we think traditionally pc uh might be the desktop the desktop exactly will be squeezed a lot in the next 
five years, a lot. Yeah, and so I think the people that are still going to be doing PC gaming are going to be people that have PCs for more than just gaming because you won't be able to do that on a console and a laptop probably will be a little underpowered for what they're going to want to do. Now, if on a console they set it up so you could hook up a keyboard and mouse and play around on Facebook, I think there would be a lot less uh, sells in the PC market for people that are wanting to use their console as a more general purpose computer. But I'm not sure if they're going to go that route with this next gen or not. It'd be smart if they did. I had an interesting thought. This AMD might actually be uh, hurting NVIDIA a lot with these consoles indirectly. Because if people are going to start moving away from the desktop, then that's going to hurt NVIDIA. I know they make a lot of their money in, in laptops, not necessarily the desktop, but if like desktop sales go down, then that will hurt NVIDIA because most of their sales are in gaming GPUs. Which means that their top end might actually start being more padded as far as revenue is concerned because they're going to have to start milking that top end yeah. quite a bit because it's going to be one of their sole bread and butters for the high margins that they're used to. I feel like that would put it in like a, a downward spiral though. It would be a negative feedback for sure. And let's not forget the APUs. I think they have to make it cheaper. They should. And then AMD, uh, they don't... Uh, I mean, they're selling the consoles. They're selling the, the hardware and the consoles and the PCs. To them, it doesn't really matter which one wins. Yeah. I think they would rather have the, the desktop win, but the thing is, is that it's a lot harder to make the desktop win, especially for AMD. They're also the CPUs in the laptops now, too. So yeah. Yeah, they're getting a cut of that pie. Now, so far, we've only been seeing these laptops that have a NVIDIA GPU tied in with them, but you know, I can see a large portion of these laptops not coming with an NVIDIA GPU and actually being targeted more for uh like lower spec gamers or business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look a bit long term, I mean, both Intel is Intel is also developing their own GPU, the Z, and and AMD and and Intel will be basically squeezing Nvidia out of that whole market. Yeah, Nvidia is going to have a hard time. Their MX series, uh, except maybe like the new MX three fifty, which is a ten fifty rebadge. The MX series is dead. Even Ice Lake is faster than the MX two fifty sometimes. It, Renoir is going to be pretty close to the the top end mx it's faster than every other mx and then uh the dg1s even though dg1 might be kind of slow it'll probably be faster than the 1050 or not the 1050 but the uh, the mx maybe not the mx350 which is the 1050 rebadge and then you have tiger lake hue which is going to be a little bit slower than dg1 overall nvidia is having is going to have a hard time at the low end and then they're going to have a hard time at the high end with rdna2 they're already having a hard time in the mid-range because of navi and that's just navi 1 not navi 2 and then there's going to be the consoles, which is going to be taking uh, attention away from the desktop. Overall, these are going to be the toughest years for NVIDIA, I think. But if they can just break out into those other markets they've been working on, then they'll be fine. But they are very dependent on that gaming revenue right now. It, it makes up, like, if not a plurality, uh, sorry, if it doesn't make up a majority of their income, it makes up a plurality, like maybe like 40%. Okay, so we, we got off on a tangent on that question there. I think it's a good tangent, though. Yeah, it's a good tangent. It, I've been saying this for a uh, for little while now that nvidia is in for a, a tough time but i mean if i would say to, if i would answer directly nick uh if i would say my own prognosis i mean of course i might be wrong as the next guy but i would expect it to be between four and five hundred dollars but i can't see it going below i really don't see it below 400 i think that's optimistic i think we could see as high as 600 unless nvidia is doing good work on their gaming gpus no oh, i can go up 
Those gaming GPUs are rumored to be delayed, but if they're not, then AMD cannot price that at 600. 500 would be risky. $400 would give them the guaranteed win. It would be a, a really good win, I think. I mean, I know people want to have a ex excellent card at 300 back, but times have changed. We I, we have to just kind of unfortunately just smell the coffee and realize that the mid range is 400 now. Yeah, just is. Sucks. Yeah, it it does suck a lot. Yeah, Adored's harped on that a lot in his videos, and I mean, it is the way that things are going, but it's probably due to less demand. I mean, the iGPUs have been getting substantially better, and consoles obviously are getting a lot better now, and so that shrinks the overall market that they can sell these GPUs to. Less sells equals less money overall. And it's getting more expensive to even make these things in the first place. Yeah, as we do each node shrink yeah we get more performance more capability less power but it has that side effect of costing more too well i think that's about it for this one i don't think we have anything else to talk about it's a shame jim didn't come in hopefully he uh gets a chance in post to throw in his two cents yeah maybe like a minute or two or maybe just some yeah. like annotations we'll give him the opportunity though before we actually publish so i hope the stuff that because I, I just made that preview article before we did the podcast because I forgot to. I hope I didn't talk about anything that was that we can't talk about. If there if if it looks like something's been cut in there, that means something's been cut because we said something <laughs> we weren't supposed to. Don't worry, I have the uh, article up on screen, so he's going to have to cut the video as well. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is, I noticed that there's uh, some details in the outline that aren't in the information that he gave me. All right. Well, thank you two for joining us. And we will have hopefully another podcast next weekend. Unless uh, Human Malware cancels that one too. We can do the podcast from the safety of our bunkers. So uh, I think we'll be fine. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you in the next one. Thank you, guys. Bye.